Glad that you're here. Thankful the Lord is here. Amen. I certainly would not want to go to church and spend all the time and energy that we spend getting ready and getting here and then walking out feeling like I wasted my time. I just wouldn't want to go to church that way. Amen. I just wouldn't want to come just for somebody to see me because they haven't seen very much. Amen. And when they've seen you, they hadn't seen very much. Amen. Now, I know that might be a little harsh, but the truth is we're really nothing. God is everything, and for that we are thankful today. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, open with me to the book of Mark, the third chapter, and uh, I will begin reading with verse number one. What a great time we did have with our men. I just wish more of our men could have made it. But we had a great time of fellowship and uh, something about being around God's people and uh, men being with men. The scripture speaks of iron sharpening iron. And I have felt the strength of that fellowship this day. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 1. And he entered again into the synagogue. And there was a man there with a withered hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man which had the withered hand, Stretch or stand forth. And he said unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about, on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. Amen. Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And everyone said, Amen. And the Lord said, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched forth his hand, and it was restored whole as the other. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about getting your grip back. Everybody said amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say it's time for you to get your grip back. Amen. Blessed be the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of God and your worship this morning. Amen. Life is a very uh, challenging situation at times. Someone recently said who was going through a very hard time that life is not for sissies. And I have to agree with them. Uh, If you're going to whine and cry, (laughs) you're going to have a lot of whining and crying to do before this is over with. Because life just has its times. Life hurts at times. 
and life hurts us at times. It inflicts wounds that cause great pain and suffering, loss, and with this hurt often comes withering. With the hurts that life brings to us, there often comes the atrophy and the deterioration of things, hands and hearts and lives and dreams and families and hopes are often withered uh, and they are uh, drawn and powerless. In the scripture that we read from today, there is one one theme that screams out at me when I read this story, and it is the simple fact of God's ability in the midst of my disability, that whatever it is that is wrong in my life, God's ability can overcome my disability. Amen. God's power can overcome my powerlessness. God's sinlessness can overcome my sinfulness. God's strength can overcome my weakness. God's success can overcome my failure. No matter what it is. No matter what has happened. And so life not only hurts, but life withers. And today I have come with the hopes of speaking to someone here today who may be intimidated by your problem and you are intimidated by the issues that are going on in your life. Problems that loom too large and too impossible for you to grapple with. And so powerful are those issues at times that they take our strength from us. And they take our ability to hold and to grasp things within our hands. I come today to speak to someone who is held by fear. The fear of your own limitations. There are many of you sitting on these pews this morning that know your limitations. But there are some of you who are intimidated by your limitations You may cover them well and you may hide them from everybody else, but you know what they are and you are held constantly in fear by your intimidating situation or your limitations. I come today today to speak to someone who might be embarrassed because of your setbacks, embarrassed because of your failure or your mistakes. Perhaps I speak to someone who has come this morning who is afraid to commit themselves to anyone because of those things in your life that hurt. Because of disabilities and handicaps, they have a way of marginalizing a person and pushing them to the peripheral. And they are only seen as commodities are as pieces and not part of the puzzle but Jesus spoke otherwise I come this morning to speak to someone who is fearful to come out with it that 
something is not right or something is withered or something has died in you or something has atrophied that was once alive and vibrant and it's not that way any longer. Perhaps more than anything, you are conscious of your inability to affect a change in your own life by your own power. I wonder how many times that man had sat in his bedroom looking at that withered and drawn hand and willed that hand to operate, but it never did. I wonder how many times he laid down on his bed at night and he pulled that hand close to his bosom and he prayed that when he woke up in the morning that hand would be functional and straight and yet he woke up to find that he could not overcome his disability. He could not overcome what was wrong in his life. He was conscious of his inability to affect any kind of positive change in his life. Perhaps I am talking to someone here. I Not perhaps. I know I am in the Holy Ghost. I know the burden that I feel in my heart for someone here this morning who is affected by the setbacks that have come into your life and some are embarrassed about where you are and you are embarrassed by all of the blunders that you have made and at this stage in your life you ought not be going through these things and you shouldn't have to be dealing with them and you are embarrassed at your handicap and disability and you are conscious of the uh, that that problem and you are conscious of that issue and you wish that it would go away but you've wished a long time and wishing has not fixed your problem now i'm not talking about bad people this morning i'm not talking about wicked vile people i'm speaking to good people today i'm talking to good people who have had some bad things happen to them i'm talking to good people that have had life interruptions Everything was going fine. Family was good. Job was good. Finances were good. Relationships were good. The future looked bright. And then all of a sudden life interrupts. Something happens and puts a hammer down on all that you had dreamed of and hoped for. Most Bible scholars agree and it is Jewish history and fable that this man in particular that we are reading about was actually a brick mason and that probably most likely injured his hand while he was doing his regular daily work and while he is dreaming of a better future and a home and a, and, and maybe a bride or a family or our children or, or being able to retire and looking down the road, all of a sudden a catastrophe happens. The bricks fall, the hand is crushed, and it begins to wither away. It begins to dry. Its ability to function becomes less and less every day. Life interrupts, life-altering experiences. Some of you have been through them. They just shake you to your core. They knock you down on your knees. They put you on your face. 
They make you crawl around in the dark wondering where the light switch is and will, will there ever be another day? Will, will the sun ever come back up in our life? And here is a man who anyone would say and anyone would agree has had a hard time and he has had an embittering experience. He was not born this way, but it happened to him in the process of life. It came on him and it became such an affecting thing. His hand grew stiff. It grew dull. It grew powerless. It shrank. It atrophied. It became useless until where we meet him and we find him. He is now just coming to the temple, standing on the sidelines, wondering if life will ever change. Life had brought him a tough and souring experience. And there is nothing that is so hard to bear in life as bitter things that are devoid of any meaning. No rhyme or reason to it. Why am I in the place that I am right now? And there are many that are in that place. Many things can cause life to wither. Many things can cause life to dry up and lose its power. Betrayal, broken promises, lost dreams, failed ambitions, failed plans, your own personal weaknesses, your own sinfulness can get us, get you into trouble. And those things have a tendency to paralyze us and they limit us and they frustrate and aggravate us. And yet the wonder of it all is that in spite of everything that was wrong in the man's life, he still showed up at church on Sunday morning. <laughs> Whoo! You know, sometimes I come up here and I look out at you and I wonder why in the world did some of us get up this morning. But I'm glad we all did because you never know when that Sunday's going to be, when, when the Spirit of God's going to speak and somebody's going to say, He's talking to me and stretch forth that hand. Who knows that this might be the morning that somebody wakes up and said, You know what? He's talking to me this morning. He's talking about where I am. He's talking about where I'm living. And if Jesus would do it for that man, surely he could do it for me. He was there. Truth is, that's where we always need to be. Because that's our best chance and that's our best hope. And there is something else about the story that is interesting to me. And and that is the fact that the enemies of Jesus knew what he was going to do before anybody else knew. Those that were against him, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they knew what he was going to do. They were not tricked. They didn't think he had come to church just to be seen. He sure didn't come to church just to show off his new robe. He didn't come so somebody would see the new sandals he had picked up at the market the day before. He came for one reason. He had his eyes on one man. They knew that and they expected him not to be interested in the highest place, He was not interested in whether they recognized him as a voice or as one to speak. He was not interested in being debatable or debating with them. He was only interested in that one man and they knew what he was interested in. They knew he was interested in that one man. 
You know what that tells me? It tells me that God is not turned off by my problems. And He is not offended by my limitations. And God is not appalled at my inability. God does not look at me and shake His head and say, You pitiful hunk of flesh. You mistake. You failure. God does not look at me in the way that I look at myself. And He is certainly not offended that I would bring my problems to church with me. He came looking for those. As a matter of fact, He's after you this morning. If you want to know who's got a zero on them, you want to know who's got a target on them, that's the person that's got something dried up and withered in their life right now. That's the one God's after today. He's not after all of us that might be sitting here fancy and, and free of all problems and everything's going our way. He's looking for the man who's had a hard time. He's looking for that woman that's been up against it morning and night. He's looking for that person that's been down in the dirty part of life. And it's hurt them. It's hurt them and wounded them deeply and they come today and he came with his eyes on you he is interested if you have something paralyzing you today then God is interested and he's after you he wants to help you he wants you to get your grip back today he wants you to be able to stretch a hand out and take hold of something one more time. You know, there's a lot of things that can cause a man to lose his grip. And the hand represented so much to those. It was their ability to hold and to handle and to grip something. And there, there was something that had happened in this man's life that had caused him to suffer a paralysis to where he could not handle. He did not have the ability to handle things as he once and he could not hold things as he once did I am preaching to somebody right now that life has done that to you it hurt you it's hit you hard and you can't handle life like you used to could you can't handle problem you can't get your hand on it you can't do what you need to do with it because of what's wrong in your life and I came to tell you that Jesus is interested in fixing that problem today. He is interested in doing something about what's wrong in my life. How strange it is that such a little part can affect such a large part of our life. A withered hand. A devoid of power. Palsied. Nerveless. Unable to work. And it was to that that Jesus spoke. And he said to the man with the withered hand stretched forth your hand. Isn't it interesting that God always starts with our problem. And he always knows what our problem is. You know we play games with one another. We get up in the morning. We comb everything just right. We brush our whities and we put that smile on. We come prancing in the church like, and we got all kind of junk that we might have covered up to get there. We, co- we got it all hidden under the garment well, but none of that fools him. He goes right to the problem. He said, I know what's wrong in your life. You, you, you can't hold anything anymore. You, can't, you don't have a grip. You can't get a grip on anything any longer, and I want to help you. And so he goes right to the problem. 
He goes right to the disability. And then he speaks to that problem. And this is what is so amazing about this simple story is that he called for this man to do. Listen to me. What he would have loved to have done and he would have done if he could have done it. And that's the very thing he tells him to do. Stretch forth your hand. He said, Brother Hughes, I've been trying, but it's not any better. And to that he said, stretch forth your hand. Now here's where the real battle begins. This is where the real struggle is. This is where the war goes on. Do I believe what I'm hearing or do I keep on living like I'm living? Do I believe what I'm hearing because what I'm hearing is a voice, a challenge, something that's calling me to do something I've not been able to do. Stretch forth your hand and yet there's something on the other side of me that said, oh, that will never change. It's always going to be like that. And so I have to make up my mind. Am I going to believe what I'm hearing or do I continue living like I am? There are times in life when you have to simply act on His Word and nothing else. Because if you don't, you will miss God's work in your life. You cannot act on your feelings because your feelings will tell you that your hand is still withered. Your feelings will tell you that nothing has changed. Your feelings will tell you that nothing's going to change your situation. There are times in life when you just have to stand up and say, you know what? I believe God is interested in my problem. I believe God came to this place today because of my problem. I believe He's here today because He knew I was going to be here with my problem. And I believe God is not embarrassed by my problem. And somebody's got to believe what His Word says more than what your feelings are telling you. There are times in life when you simply have to act on His Word, not your history. Not where you came from. Not what you've been through. You know, that's what's wrong with some of us is we keep trying to get better by reliving our history. And you can never get better by reliving your history or rehearsing your history. You've got to get rid of that. You've got to give that to Him. You've got to step out in spite of your history. You've got to step out in spite of everything that you've done wrong. You've got to step out in spite of all that's not right in your life. And you have to believe the Word. And the Word said, stretch forth your hand. God said, I want to do something in your life this morning. I want to change your situation. I want to make your life better. I want to do something today for you. Stretch forth your hand. You've got to believe His Word, not your own story. Some of us have made up our own story. Until now we believe our own story. I used to live down the street from a kid. He was the biggest liar in the neighborhood. And everybody knew he was a liar. But you know what? He had reached a point in his life where he actually believed his own lies. Because he told them enough and often enough. And over and over enough that he began to believe his own hype. And you know what? I hate to tell you this, but I've lived long enough to know that there's people sitting here in this congregation, some of us, 
that have told ourselves the same story over and over and over and over and over. It ain't going to get any better. It's not going to make any difference. He's just trying to get on your emotions. He's just trying to get to your mind. Don't listen. It's not going to make, it's not going to change anything. What's going to the front going to make, what's lifting your hands going to, what opening your mouth. I've done it before and nothing's happened. I've laid on my bed at night and talked in tongues and it didn't make my hands straight. So what is going through all of this, this morning going to matter you got to believe his word not your own story and we all have our own version you know there's always your version the other person's version and then what really happened that's right and as much as you tell me, Brother Hughes, I'm telling you the truth. No, you're not. You're only telling me the part of the truth that you know. And some of us just hadn't figured that out in life. We don't know it all. Well, I know everything I need to know. No, you don't. no we don't. Well, I know everything that's going on. No, we don't know everything that's going on. That's what's so stupid about some of the things that we do as humans is that we don't know everything, but we think we do. Now the question is, are you going to keep believing your story or are you going to believe his story? Are you going to listen to what your mind is telling you or are you going to listen to what his spirit is telling you? Are you going to keep listening to what your emotions are telling you? Your emotions are telling you that you're trapped, you're dead, you'll never feel again. I'm telling you, I've had people tell me, Brother Hughes, I, just something's died inside. I don't feel anything anymore. I don't, that doesn't shock me. Life does that to us sometimes. Life gets so hurtful at times that you feel like you are dead. That doesn't shock me. But I don't go around priding myself in the fact that I'm dead. I want to look for somebody that can bring life back to the dead. And I want to come to somebody this morning that knows how to fix my problem. I want to come to someone today who knows how to help me out of my dilemma. There are times that I have to listen and act on His Word, not what others might be saying, but on His Word. Because He will not tell me to do something that I am not capable of doing. I can do it because He said I can do it. When this man looked into the face of Jesus Christ, what he saw there was possibility and hope and ability. And that's what every one of us will see when we really look into His face. We don't see eyes that condemn us. We don't see eyes that are hateful and vengeful and vindictive. But we see eyes that cry out, you can do it. You're better than that. Come on, I want that to live again. I want you to get your grip back. I want you to get hold of life again. I want you to quit fumbling with things. I want you to quit mishandling things. I want you to get your hand on something today. That's what God's saying. When this man looked into the eyes of Jesus, he saw eyes that said, you can. You can. I want you to say that with me right now. You can. Say it, I can. I can. I can because he said I can. I can because He willed that I can. The things that His feelings were telling Him that could not happen, Jesus' Word was commanding Him to do. Amen. And He did them. And He did it. 
And he did it. And he did it. He stretched forth his hands. Can I tell somebody here this morning that your thoughts will lie to you? Can I tell someone here that your feelings will mislead you? Your feelings will keep you trapped in a world of misery for a long, long time. Amen. They'll make you hateful, mean, vindictive, vengeful. Your feelings can do that to you. They can trap you in a withered body, a withered mind, a withered heart, a withered life, a dream that has distanced itself from you. And they will lie to you. They'll tell you, you'll never get out of this. You'll never be better than this. You'll never get above this. You'll never overcome this. And yet, in spite of all that and in the face of all that, Jesus simply speaks and says, Stretch forth thine hand. Now, the question is, are you going to believe his word or yours? Are you going to believe his word or your feelings? Are you going to believe what he is saying? Are you going to keep listening to what they are saying? Stretch forth your hand. There is something this morning that's dead in this place that God said I can bring life back into if you'll just stretch it out. If you'll just move it toward me, stretch forth thine hand. Let's stand together.